Welcome to Sense by Meg Forer, the podcast that's brought to you by ParentSense, the app that takes guesswork out of parenting. If you're a new parent, then you are in good company. Your host, Meg Forer, is a well-known OT, infant specialist, and the author of eight parenting books. Each week, we're going to spend time with new mums and dads, just like you, to chat about the week's wins, the challenges, and the questions of the moment. Subscribe to the podcast, download the ParentSense app, and catch Make Here every week to make the most of that first year of your little one's life. And now, meet your host. Welcome back, mums and dads. I'm Meg. I am the author of eight parenting titles, including Baby Sense and Weeding Sense, and the founder of the Parent Sense app company. And this podcast is really here for you. Each week, we have a look at the problems, the challenges, but also the delights of new parenthood. And sometimes I'm joined by a fellow expert in the field, like Kath McGaw, a dietitian, is occasionally on with me. Bailey Schneider sometimes chats to me. But this week, as we are most weeks, we're actually joined by Cassidy. Cassidy is a first-time mom to baby Max, although I don't even know if I can call her a first-time mom anymore. She is such a seasoned mother. (laughs) So, Cass, welcome back. Um, And with your almost six-month-old baby boy, how old is Max now? He was six months yesterday. Oh, uh, congratulations. Yeah. Half a year, Cass. Who could have known? I know. I know. It's, uh, I think, well, we say it all the time. In so many ways, it's flown by. And in so many ways, it feels like, you know, he's been around forever in, in a positive way. <laughs> yeah. Um, wonderful. Yeah. No, it's been great. And he's doing so well. I saw some gorgeous photographs of him sitting. He's really sitting well now, isn't he? Yeah. He fully, he fully sits. And I mean, if he's really tired, I still put cushions around him most times anyway. And if he's tired, he can flop. He tends to also, if he's really studying something in front of him, sometimes he'll forget (laughs) to hold himself up (laughs) and just in slow motion. Yesterday I found him because I've been, one of his favorite toys at the moment is he's got a thing of eggs, squeaky eggs that are, are great toys but I've been putting them in the colander and giving him a wooden spoon and he sort of just plays with that. The eggs. Yeah, exactly. He's making his own scrambled egg and he was studying them. And I just looked over and the next thing I knew his face was planted in the colander. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, he's very chilled and doesn't sort of get upset if he falls over or things like that. But I, I do feels he does find himself in some positions that's for sure yeah that's very sweet and talking about toys I mean those eggs sound so interesting so at six months old give me his top three favorite toys do you know it's interesting it feels a bit like he is starting to get a little bit bored with a lot of toys so I'm having to try and be creative Mm -hmm. he has so the eggs are definitely up there as one of his his top toys with or without the colander (laughs) (laughs) now he he loves his balls but what I've been interested in is I have a bucket now and I've started because we've been going around to different places and I have now a bag of toys that I take I've been taking and his bucket I've been taking the balls in the bucket and he loves when you present him with the bucket full of balls and he can sort of turn it upside down and the balls go everywhere. And so that's given the balls a new lease of life, which is great. That's brilliant. He also has a car. It's interesting. He had um, had a friend round last week (laughs) and the friend 
absolutely the two of them that was the toy that they both made a beeline for so i don't know what this toy has something about the design but it's got little beads in the wheels and then it's got a ball with a sort of mesh rubber mesh over the top so they can it looks a bit like a honeycomb they can pick Mm. it up and it's got the colors and different balls and that sort of thing so he's loving that at the moment and those are kind of the key and and his books he loves Mm. being read a book and things like that Yeah. yeah so quite interesting when he has the balls in the bucket does he pick any of them up or does he just up in the bucket no, he does. He does pick the balls up. It takes quite a lot. He has to sort of, you know, as often a two-handed approach apart from this one that's got spikes coming, not like rubber spikes. They're not, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> so he can get a grip on mm-hmm. that. Actually, the other thing that just this week has become a favorite toy is blocks, is building blocks. Mm-hmm. And he finds it hysterical if I build a tower in front of him and then he knocks the tower down that is the funniest thing he's ever seen in his life that's great so so really really interesting that the kind of motor skills that he's investigating there and that he's working on so a couple of things that building up a tower of blocks at this age and knocking it down is a great game moms and dads if you have not done that with your six month old that is definitely a game you need to do and of course that game is very important because it's the start of cause and effect because it's very very simple cause which is his push and effect falling over so later on cause and effect becomes much more complicated it's like if i push the green button it makes this noise you know and that's when they get into switch toys and and if i push this then then something pops out of the box you know that jack-in-the-box type thing Mm -hmm. so a cause and effect is very important and it's a it's actually a cognitive skill a very important cognitive skill so he's right at the beginning of that so that's good. The other thing that interests me is his picking up balls because I'd be interested to know at this age, he's not really supposed to be able to do voluntary release, although it will be coming shortly. And voluntary release is actually, you know, if he, if he has one ball in his hand and he sees another ball and he wants the other ball rather, that he actually lets go of a ball and kind of drops it out of the out of the bucket intentionally to be able to go in for the second ball. So that's something that you can start to look for. Yeah. And that intentional or voluntary release is something that'll come up in the next month or so okay yeah I haven't I I suppose I haven't really paid attention to that yet so quite a fun way to do that to test it is give him a toy that's quite interesting and he will either have to hold it with one hand or two hands try and make it a single-handed toy that he can hold with one hand like a small enough ball maybe make sure he has to have one in each hand so that his hands are fully occupied and then present him with the third one or with something yeah. different, because then what he's got to do is he's got to let go of one in order to get the other one. And, and they get quite frustrated before they can do voluntary release because they kind of sit there going, right, they want that. So they'll kind of try and head in with their mouth almost to get it. And you're not entirely sure how they're going to be able to get that one because they've only got <laughs> two hands. So what are they going to do? And it takes a bit of time for them to work out that actually they can just let go of one and then they'll be able to get the next one. So okay. it's quite a nice game to play. And the other thing that came to mind while you were talking was that you actually mentioned, I think, three, if not four of the B and anyone who's been listening to the podcast will know that I love the five B's when people ask me for like what are the best toys for babies it is books blocks balls bubbles an empty box and if anybody does get a tumble dryer or, or, or washing machine or anything that's in a big box please keep it because that's that's really actually of the five the number one which is boxes 
We actually, we bought a new thermometer the other day and it came in a silver shiny box yeah. and Alex was about to, you know, he, we got the thermometer and that sort of thing and we were collecting the rubbish and I said, no, no, <laughs> that is a shiny box. That is the <laughs> ultimate box prize. <laughs> it's an empty box that shines and reflects and it's sort of got that. So yeah, that's being kept and added to the toy bag because I do feel you know, he had, these are toys he's had for quite a while. And I can see there's part of him is a bit bored yeah. with seeing the same toys every single day, but I don't want to buy new toys, you know, all the time. Mm-mm. So it's about trying to be creative with what we have. And that's where the friend inspired me with the colander and the wooden spoon yes. idea that's gone down really well. And sort of trying to find kitchen items or, or things yeah. like that. That And and as you said, he boxes them when they come in. Um, his nanny, I think I've already mentioned, made him with an empty bottle, filled it with glitter and water so he can move that around and it changes colors Lovely. and yeah. things like that. So, so yeah, it's, it, you have to get a bit creative but it's very rewarding because I don't know Max has so many expressions with his he's got a very he's got a face full of expression and the eyes go wide and the mouth goes wide when you present him with something new and it's just such a delight to see him wow you know that real wonder (laughs) in his eyes. This episode is brought to us by ParentSense the all-in-one baby and parenting app that help you make the most of your baby's first year. Don't you wish someone would just tell you everything you need to know about caring for your baby? When to feed them, how to wean them, and why they won't sleep? ParentSense app is like having a baby expert on your phone guiding you to parent with confidence. Get a flexible routine, daily tips, and advice personalized for you and your little one. Download ParentSense app now from your app store and take the guesswork out of parenting. Well, a good a good idea to get into is to actually create a box at the top of his cupboard with toys in that he doesn't have access to and just keep out five toys a week, like really limited and then otherwise do household objects, which you're doing. And then at the beginning of every week, rotate those toys and get in the next five. And this goes all the way through into the toddler years. Like on the when he turns one, which feels like a long way away, but we're almost halfway there, mm-hmm. you know, hide half of the toys because he actually will, it'll be really great for him to then go and kind of re-explore the toys as he comes along. It's like a birthday every day, every week for the next kind of few months. Yeah, absolutely. No, he does get so excited. Yesterday I introduced a sippy cup as well at mm-hmm. um, time and that was the most exciting thing he'd ever just he just couldn't quite get over that. And he does this sort of really excited thing with his head. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting with the sippy cup and with his bottle now, is he able to use his hands to hold in- independently? Yeah, he is. He's not what he hasn't obviously doesn't understand is that as he's got to tip it so I still sort of have to help and it is actually quite funny because he if when it's very full he can he holds it with both hands and I don't have to touch it Mm. at all but then obviously as it starts to drain I need to help him and as soon as I take over and hold the bottle he honestly lets go and put his hands behind his head and looks like he's just sitting back relaxing (laughs) the very funny things babies do so that's been a lot of fun and games this week with activities and have there been any challenges this week do you know what actually I've had we've had the most wonderful 
week. He, we had a social, a friend, as I mentioned, he had a friend over and it was really interesting because it was the first time I'd seen him with a baby his age interacting. So I found it fascinating watching how he interacts and all he wanted to do was hold this baby's hand. He kept reaching out to her and the the baby actually cried every time Max got hold of his hand, which I thought was a bit rude. But (laughs) but it was so interesting. And then I it became really clear to me as I started paying more attention, Max always holds our hands. He's fascinated by our hands. If we Mm. want to make him smile or distract him, we just put our hands above him and he loves twinkle, twinkle, little star and Mm. things like that. And he loves hands and holds our Mm. hands a lot. So that's something he's, he's developed, which I had never really become aware of. And he, this morning, his nanny sent me a picture. He was holding and he has a play date every now and again, and he was holding this other baby's foot. Oh, <laughs> and okay. so he's showing real sort of connection, social. I don't know if that's yeah. or if it's just a coincidence. No, 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 it is. That, look, I mean, the important thing at this age is that they have a fascination for other babies and that and are interested in their faces and are interested in them. Mm. They certainly don't play together. In fact, it's a mm. stage of what we call parallel play which basically means that they play alongside each other, but do nothing together really. So that, you know, it's not constructive. It's not cooperative. It doesn't really, you know, build on any games. In fact, it's going to be a while before that. He's going to be a toddler before he's actually able to do cooperative play, but parallel play is important, you know? And I think what's quite interesting is, you know, I I talk a lot about self-regulation and being able to regulate very big emotions and that in the trajectory of self-regulation developing, from six months onwards, they start to develop, will need to start to develop emotional regulation, which takes him all the way through into the toddler years. So he's right at the beginning of his journey of emotional regulation. And what you'll find is that if he's really interested in something and you take it away from him, he might even have a temper tantrum now. Like he'll become mm. so frustrated that he'll, you know, I mean, I've got videos of babies throwing themselves backwards with frustration because, you know, they, they, their mom's cell phone's been taken away from them. And I don't know if he's starting to do that. But they need to start to, between six months and two years old, to start to regulate their emotions. Now, the only way that you actually learn to regulate emotions is if you have frustrations sometimes. So frustrations actually become quite important. So little frustrations, not I'm not talking about huge frustrations, but little frustrations like wait a little bit for some food or mm-hmm. you can't you can't hold on to the TV remote because you're going to break it and take it away. So there's things that we do. But the very best challenge or the best provider of frustration is actually another baby because another baby will try and take away the toy, push them over, you know, just do unpredictable things as a baby would. And that's actually one of the reasons why social interaction is important because, you know, as a parent, we very often, it's not that we mollycoddle our children, but we make their life relatively you know, kind of smooth sailing for them, that they don't have too many frustrations. So we respond to them quickly and, you know, we, we give in to them more than, you know, we do because especially with our mm-hmm. firstborns, because, you know, we want the status quo and we want peace in the home, but other toddlers and other babies don't. And so, so that's one of the reasons why that kind of social interaction is important. It's interesting you talk about that actually, because one of the other things that I've noticed this week, it's almost like he's become a bit lazy with his rolling. He rolls onto his tummy He can get back onto his back, but quite often he'll just start getting really frustrated. Mm -hmm. And I'm there going, you know how to do it. (laughs) And so I've sort of been really trying to not just go and roll him over because A, I know he knows how to do it, but also at night, if I'm rolling him over in the day, 
he then is wanting that potentially in the middle of the night. There's been a couple of times where he's been getting really frustrated. And I thought, no, you can do it. And so I have been trying to draw out, but if he cries, I go and put him back. But when he's just shouting in a frustrated way, but he doesn't, he does seem to be getting quite lazy with rolling from front to back. Yeah. Which of course we know would happen because that's competition of skill. So he's working on something else at the moment. And so he stopped working on rolling. Gosh, and so it'll all be what is he working on now? <laughs> <laughs> he's working on bilateral hand use. I mean, just what you were saying just now, holding a sippy cup with two hands, yeah, holding a bottle with two hands, holding that you, you described him holding the bucket to take out a an egg, you know, all of those are incredibly complicated because the way that the brain develops is that you first of all use only one side and then you only use the other side. So that's the first thing you do. And then what you do of, of hands, I'm talking about hand use. And then what you start to do is you start to use both hands symmetrically doing exactly the same thing, which is for instance, holding a bottle. Cause that's, mm. you can think about both hands against the bottle, you know, whether you're tilting your head back or not, it's bilateral. So both, both hands are doing exactly the same bilateral symmetrical. And then you have to do something called bilateral reciprocal, which is where, or asymmetrical first and then reciprocal. So bilateral asymmetrical is hold the bucket, take out the egg. So think about it. Like that's incredible. The brain has to now do two different things with opposite sides of the body. I mean, if I say to you, do that whole kind of rub your tummy, pat your head, it's really, really hard. And that is something where you are, your two different sides of the brain have to give different signals to the different sides of your body. Now, I know that holding a jar and unscrewing a lid is so simple for you now as an adult, or even as a child, it's a simple thing. But to go back to six months, that's a hugely complicated thing. It's like rubbing your tummy and stroking your head or whatever it is, you know, so it's, it really is what he's working on is, is massive. And then the next step, because that's, that comes after the symmetrical bilateral, and after the asymmetrical bilateral comes the reciprocal bilateral, which is each side has to do exactly the opposite of the other side. Now, if you picture each side going opposite direction, you've got crawling. And so Mm. crawling is a bilateral reciprocal motion. And that's like really high coordination because in the middle of your brain, you have this little bridge called the corpus callosum. And he's got to go across and kind of link the left and right sides of the brain. And those messages have to go very quickly across from one side to the other when you're crawling. So when you say, what is he working on? (laughs) Oh my word, he is being a little scientist. He is working on so much at the moment. No, and I have said that was more nerves than anything, than anything else. <laughs> well, let me tell you that when crawling comes, you, those nerves will be founded because that is what I'm nervous about. It is. it is starting to show, and he does move. I mean, I put him down on his play mat on his back the other day, and because Alex has been, Alex was away over the weekend, which was the first weekend I'd done solely by myself mm-hmm. for two nights with Max. Luckily, he was. I was really lucky. He was wonderful. We had so much fun, but he, I put him down and I sent Alex a photo because he was right across the other side of the room on his tummy, looking at something yeah. facing the, and he just, so he's moving around, but he hasn't, he hasn't got the crawling. It's all rolling and that's the thing, but yeah. the bum's going in the air and the legs are going underneath. So he's definitely mm-hmm. going to get, yeah, it. but it would be very, it would be very, very unusual if he crawled at six months. In fact, I, in all my years of working, I've never heard of a baby crawling at six months. <laughs> so, you know, if he crawls by eight months, he's really, really on target. If he crawls before eight months, that would be that would be ahead of the curve. So, yeah, and don't don't wish for it because once it comes, no, no. <laughs> busy. No, because I know also on the milestones, in fact, he's kind of on, he's hit all of the ones that were from, I think, 21 weeks to another. The only one that isn't 
ticked yet is the babbling, but I think I'm starting to hear a bit of babbling, particularly first thing in the morning. So I'm really excited as that sort of starts to come. That's amazing. So you're talking, so just for mum's references, if you go mm. onto the pink section of your Parents Sense app, mums, you'll see there is a a little flag that says Charlie's milestones. Well, in this case, my baby's called Charlie. I know that yours will say Max's milestones. <laughs> so at this age, babbling is 21 to 30 weeks, which he hasn't done yet. Rolling to the side, also 21 to 30 weeks, which he's done. Sitting, 21 to 30 weeks, which he has done. Well mm-hmm. done. So that, and he did that at 24 weeks, I think. Yeah, I think it's been, early. yeah. Yeah. And then reaching and grabbing, he's definitely doing that. And yeah, so then, so he, so he, he's just got babbling to go. So that's interesting. Yeah. And actually there was one on there that I was going to ask you about, which was weight on legs. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's without, because I can hold him under his arms and sort of, he puts quite a lot of weight on his legs, mm-hmm. but he's not doing that independently. Is that weight on legs independently no that's not independent so you can tick that one off as well so what's quite interesting about that one is early then well babies do so babies actually it's quite an interesting milestone because babies actually do that immediately quite soon after birth in fact but it's it's really and then it disappears for a while where they actually don't really take weight on their legs they kind of their legs are, are much softer and then it's very variable and actually when i look at the milestone range there for for that one it's actually quite late it's 31 weeks which would only be really close to six and a half seven seven months in fact so yeah i mean he could definitely be doing that now and i must maybe widen that range a little bit but yeah it's taking weight when you hold him under his arms he's actually standing on his legs and what he'll also start to do is he'll start to actually bounce like that and be interested in dancing well he also sometimes looks like he's trying to run really fast because you get <laughs> one leg goes up and down they go up and down and his <laughs> legs never stop sort of moving at pace yeah very funny busy boy and actually i suppose i'm very he's not quite properly self-feeding i can see self-feeding there but he probably is also 31 to 39 and then letting go as i mentioned is also 31 to 39 weeks so that'll also come up fairly soon one of the challenges we spoke about last week which i just thought i'd give a quick update on was his feeding with Mm. solids we were having a bit of a a challenge and i mean if I didn't know better, I'd think that he listens to these and then <laughs> just waits for me to talk about it and then sorts it out because almost immediately <laughs> things changed. But I really focused on the self-feeding mm. and he and I also completely removed the time pressure mm. because initially I knew I was trying to do three meals a day, yeah. but I was doing them I think a little bit close to mm-hmm. his milk feed. Mm-hmm. So the previous milk feed. So I decided to actually leave a bigger space and almost do it in directly in between the two Perfect. milk feeds Correct. because he's never been a great feeder anyway. So I felt he was too full. And the other thing I started doing is there's these things called melty sticks, which just dissolve basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was giving him a very small one of those dipped in whatever puree I'd made mm. just to introduce the, and then he would put I it in that idea. Oh, that's a great idea. Well, it meant that then when the spoon went in, he already had tasted, had that taste. So mm-hmm. he wasn't sort of like, oh my God, what's that? What's going on? Yeah. And then he's, it, since then, he's 
honestly loving his solids. He's been doing three meals a day. It's been so much fun to feed him. He's picking things up and putting them in his mouth. And he loved uh, watermelon the other day was something I introduced, which he just thought was the best thing ever. And he's had such a variety of different things and just responding so well. But nearly always I have to hover the spoon in front of him and then he will take the spoon and he'll feed it and then I'll put more puree on, hover it. He takes it and he feeds himself. He's an independent soul. (laughs) He is, he certainly is. If you enjoy my podcast, I would like to share one of my favorite podcasts with you, The Honest Hour. Christina Masaryk is mom to two boys and a third little boy on the way. She's an American expat living in Cape Town, South Africa since 2008 and decided to start sharing her experiences in parenting since 2017. Having grown up in a dysfunctional family environment in her own childhood, which led to her adoption at the age of 10, Christina is passionate about finding purpose and presence in parenting, as well as exploring our own opportunity for healing and personal growth as we navigate the world of parenting our own children. Christina believes in ending the trauma cycle and that in parenting our own children, we can learn how to reparent ourselves. So pop on over to Christina's podcast, The Honest Hour. But actually, I'm glad that you mentioned that putting the food immediate, in, right directly in the middle of two milk feeds, because that's exactly what you should do at this, at this age. So at six months, you should, and it, it does effectively mean that you're feeding actually pretty much too hourly. Yeah. So I know that he doesn't like his 6 a.m. milk, but it would be 6, 8, 6, 10, 6, 8, 10 12, 2, and 6. Like literally, it's, it, you know, you are feeding every two hours, but it is slap bang in the middle of when the milk is, is the correct thing for this age. And what that that's actually done is push out. So that night feed that was at around one, Mm -hmm. two is now at about three or four, which of course is playing a little bit of havoc again with that morning feed because now we're so much closer. So what I would do there, Cass, and that's, that's absolutely perfect. He's doing this all spot on. Is he on full protein? So he's having Eggs, fish, meat, chicken. Yeah, and we've done all allergens as well. So So you must, that's brilliant. So now that he's having that, that night feed is actually going to start to fall away. And by by the way, on the days that he does 4 a.m., that is considered a morning feed because that's that's actually a full night. So he's actually sleeping through when he does that. But what you can now start to do is you can start for that 4 a.m. feed is just giving half a bottle. not the full bottle and then another half at six so what you would have done then is reduced his milk to actually four milk feeds effectively because you'll have a split one at four and six in the morning and then your 10 to six in the evening or whatever it is so you're four hourly through the day which will move him onto four milk feeds which is the appropriate amount of milk for six months old and then what he'll do is he'll actually eat his solids even better because he's not Mm -hmm. getting as many calories in milk and sleep better as well. So you can start maybe tonight, don't do half, maybe do three quarters at 4 a.m. and then take it down to half eventually. And then he'll, he will actually want his milk then at six in the morning or seven. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's the clock's changed on the weekend as well. We went now forward and it's completely thrown because he's now having such a lion, of course, yeah. he, which throws our morning because I've yeah. always counted on that extra hour to get things done. Yeah. And now, you don't have <laughs> and now this morning he didn't wake up till 20 past seven and I had a meeting yeah. at 9.30 and I was like, oh, I got, got so much to do before I go. Uh, That's so interesting. I never thought of that because the app doesn't let you, at the moment, the app doesn't let you register a morning waking later than seven mm. because it's, it's better 
better to keep their awake their morning wake time between five and seven. So that's probably something that we need to adjust in the app for when there's a time change. <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm sure he's going because he was waking up at five thirty. Yeah. Then he's add he's sleeping an extra hour, and then the clocks have gone forward. So suddenly there's an extra two oh, hours going oh. on. So. Listen, you're going to be making a whole lot of moms feel very jealous right now. <laughs> <laughs> it will change. It will change. People are up for, exactly, it will change. Anyway, but Cass, it's been wonderful connecting again with your six month old. Congratulations, Thank you've made you. a big milestone, and he's doing so well. So yeah. He is. He's having a great week. So, but every week's different. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Love Thanks you. so we'll much. To chat. Thank you. you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks to everyone who joined us. We will see you the same time next week. Until then, download ParentSense app and take the guesswork out of parenting.